perhaps every man has some earthy no, sense to no, that. I, f- I feel like you're just getting some of the sulfides from garlic because a lot of times you eat snails, it's like in garlic butter. No, I mean, I like garlic. That doesn't taste like farts. These tasted like someone walked over, bent over, spread cheeks, and farted directly into my open mouth. Into a snail. <laughs> I, Caleb, I got to ask because you, you said that you didn't want to speculate if women smelled earthy. Sure. Um, were you one of the the like... Women don't poop. High schoolers, were you one of those guys? No, not really. Okay. Wait, women poop? You're funny. But, like, because I knew a couple guys in high school where it was like, you know, at at one point it's like an immature joke where it's like, women don't poop, women don't fart, ha, ha, ha. And you're (laughs) like, okay, ha, ha. Like, it was funny when I was, like, 11, and now it's not funny anymore. But there's some people that kept it up so long that I'm like, Okay, I need to understand. <laughs> you know that women still have the same like digestive tract that we do, correct? Well, you say that, but I've been married for a while now. <laughs> My wife does not have a butthole. <laughs> I should she know. She has a cloaca. I <laughs> All I can know is that the way that her digestive tract works and the way that mine works is not the same thing. Okay, are Go you talking on. about efficacy, like how well it digests certain foods? Or are you saying in the like... My wife eats and then shits out her elbows. I don't know how it ends up there, but that's what happens. It is a whole lot less horrifying than when I go to the toilet. I'll say that. Hmm. So she, so I would say that she maybe has a better gut biome. She's got more healthy bacteria living in her. I don't know, but something along those lines must be true because, like my I said, is, it is less <laughs> horrifying than when I go to the toilet. My point is that Michael still has a butthole and poop comes out of it, as opposed to what a lot of these high school dudes I knew would like assume, I guess. I kind of just prefer to think that nobody poops and just lie to myself that I don't poop until I have to poop. And then what? when I poop, no one else exists in the entire world. And then when I shut that door and flush that toilet, we go back to a world that is peaceful and good. Well, yeah, and but no you're one, one of those weird, like, shy poopers, aren't you? <laughs> Correct. I do, not, I do not. No, Josh, I'm just not one of those people that's like, I want a roaring crowd cheering me on as I take I don't a need dump. a roaring crowd, but if I'm going into a public bathroom and there's some guy in the stall next to me, I'm not going to be like, I better hold it in so he doesn't hear my plops. I'm just going to be like, yeah, he's in the bathroom doing what you do. And guess what? I'm coming in to take a dump in the bathroom. It's not embarrassing. That's what the bathroom is here for. It's not so much that I like, I can, public bathrooms are not an issue. I don't mind that because I can imagine that my little stall is my own little private space and everything outside of it doesn't exist. I, I can lie to myself that my way. fingers in my ears. It's like, it's, I can't hear anything. Nothing else exists. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do what has to be done. I've got my headphones in. I'm playing on my phone. Nothing else is happening at all. <laughs> and the, the, the difference for me is, I also have been married for some time now, and my wife does not understand that poop time is solitary time. <laughs> Pooping is an well, activity she, for she, one. She tried to ride side saddle on the toilet next to you? Like. <laughs> not quite that bad, but she doesn't seem to understand that I don't want to talk while I poop. <laughs> you know what? Now that you mention it, that's 100% true of me as well. <laughs> like My wife will try to leave the door open and carry on conversation, and I'm just like, no. No. Finish your business. I'm good. You're busy. I'm going to close that door for you. I'm going to do you a favor. Uh Not married yet. It's coming up soon. But uh, when Sarah has this habit of she likes to call me on her way to work Mm -hmm. just to like say good morning, see how I'm doing, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And that often Coincides. coincides with the same timing I have for waking up and then immediately going to the bathroom. Sure. Sure. And so I've had to just be like, 
Yep, I'm awake. Love you, honey. Bye. Because I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's not that I'm a shy pooper. Because if I had already started, you I wouldn't just have continue. a problem talking about it. It's something about the, like initial opening of the sphincter <laughs> that I require like zen and then once that's accomplished and I'm in process like sure whatever we can talk it doesn't matter I want someone to like do like a, a montage that is like symbolically about pooping but not actually like someone's doing like a zen garden and like it's <laughs> being scraped into the shape of a butthole and then like just a bunch of very peaceful images that the moment you start thinking about it are obviously pooping <laughs> oh my gosh that should be the next uh of anime three P series. Yes, exactly. Uh huh. All three, <laughs> just about pooping or bodily functions. Pooping the trilogy. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, you know what we're talking about today. It has nothing to do with poo. You know, I could work I, again. I'll, I'll say. All right, all right, Brian, give me give me your segue. How does poo relate to this movie? Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but when I do, I'll work poo in. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of working poo in, hi, my name is Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and uh, I've got a cute little uh, birthmark right on my ass cheek. I'm Rick Fox. I am an author here in Nashville, and um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm bored. <laughs> uh, I'm Brian. I'm an illustrator here in Nashville, and uh, I'm working with my wife on this one. Hey. There you go. Okay, yeah. <sighs> I'm Caleb. I'm an analyst, among other things, here in Nashville, and I love ruining women's lives. And we're opinionated. <laughs> and tonight we are continuing Kurt Russell Month, which has at this point spawned multiple, spanned over multiple months, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Kurt, and Russell se- Kurt Russell season. Quarter. There you go. Kurt, there you go. Yeah, Kurt Russell Kurt season. Muscle. <laughs> Sounds like a Kurt. He should have been Kurt Muscle. Kurt Muscle. <laughs> uh, and tonight, it's my pick. And Kurt Russell is in way too many action movies. Not that there's anything bad with that. He does a great job in them. But I okay. figured I'd, I'd throw something new into the mix. Because tonight, we're watching Overboard. Overboard came out in 1987. It currently has a 45 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was written by Leslie Dixon and directed by Gary Marshall, and it stars Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, Edward Herman, Catherine Hellman, Mike Haggerty, and many others. Escape from New York, The Hateful Eight, Tombstone, Tango and Cash, this mm. is Stargate. Not the description of this oh, movie. this is just all the movies that I would rather be watching. Wait, let me pull the actual description up. A cruel but beautiful heiress mocks and cheats a hired carpenter, so he sexually assaults her. I'm, I'm sorry. When she gets amnesia after an accident. He decides to introduce her to regular life by convincing her they're husband and wife and sexually assaulting her. Well, now, hold on. Does he make her fall in love with him first? Before the sexual assault? She yes, before the sexual assault. You don't know. Love with him. You haven't seen the movie yet. This movie is one of those classic movies where if you take it at face value, you're like, oh, what a classic. Oh, 1980s. You've got such funny comedies. Look at you. You've got such classic movies. And this then is look, ethically problematic. <laughs> yep, and then you review it and you're like, hmm, mm. there's parts of this that bother me now. <laughs> um, but I think, But I think that... This is one where we can laugh and cringe at it in a good way. Um, I we'll see. let me let me give the context for having watched this movie. When I was in middle and high school, I was you didn't horny. think people pooped. Yeah, you were. Oh, really? I was go horny. on. And I had not discovered the internet. And How I mean, thick were those nuts? For a second there, I thought you said I had not discovered my penis. 
I had not discovered the internet. No, I knew about that. <laughs> I had not discovered the internet and uh, was looking for release. And so I was perusing. <laughs> Did you have my- on demand? No. Uh, we didn't have cable and none, none of that. But you fucking heathen! How does this surprise you? You have know you, I didn't watch shit growing I, up. I knew you didn't have cable. I thought maybe you had something. No, we had nothing. And so my my choices were to either look at the Sears catalog or peruse my parents' movie collection. So yeah. some significant time was spent in portions of Titanic. Sure. And yeah, along yeah. with perusing the rest sure of just my one portion of Titanic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> along with that, uh, I was just looking for looking through my parents' movies for stuff that my little twelve-year-old brain was like mm, horny, and I saw mm. a picture of Goldie Hawn in a swimsuit, which yeah. is not That's the worst all thing you need. to find. No. And so because of that, I uh, watched parts of this movie. I fast-forwarded through parts of this movie, <laughs> and later on, I ended up watching this movie all the way through, not in a horny context, just <laughs> sure. like someone was watching it, and I sat down and watched it. And I, oh, and I had, one, I had that. No, I like, had oh, that. I'm curious. I need to know what the plot to this porn I was. I had that weird, <laughs> that weird moment of realization where where I'm sitting down with some friends, and this movie is like, come, I don't know how it came on, but it's some. We're sitting down and we're watching it, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I. I've whacked it in my basement to this movie. Sure. And I don't want to bring that up in this group. And so I'm just sitting here and I'm like. So now I'm telling the entire internet and our thousand listeners. He's gone over it. I've gotten over it. (laughs) Uh, It's more like our five listeners. There's at least uh, almost 500 on, on Spotify. And that's just who follow us. We've got plenty yeah. who listen uh, in other ways. Those are all Russian trolls. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, Russians need entertainment. And so too. it was just interesting, like piecing together the rest of the movie because I'd seen certain bits and I was like, "Oh, that's the plot of how we get to here." And it, <laughs> it actually ended up being a movie that, I, that it was like, hey, "It's kind of cute and it's kind of charming." And then fast forward like 15 years to now, and I'm like. I'm doing what we said, where I'm reevaluating certain parts of it, and I'm like, wow, when I really think about that, certain parts of this movie are really have creepy. not aged well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, regardless, I think it's going to be fun for us to to look at and uh, and jab at, honestly. Uh, and also, I think it's going to be this is still a good example of a Kurt Russell movie, even though it's not the action because young Kurt Russell was very much, like, he had a little bit of that, like, heartthrob status to it, yeah. right? Yeah, And so I think that this does a good I job. I think even old Kurt Russell well. has that. Probably, yeah. He's got, like, the silver fox. Okay, yeah. Does right. he really, though? I think he so. He seems like he's kind of let himself go. He wasn't really the uh, the thin and cut sort of silver fox. He's more kind of the uh, the chubby <laughs> the dad gray bar. The silver badger. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. The domesticated um, silver fox that's been have, overfed. Have any of you heard of this movie aside oh, yeah. from me bringing it up? Literally I've heard never. of it. I, I don't think I've watched I've probably seen a scene from it on cable TV. So, so you're the only other one who's heard of it, Brian? Yeah, it I know just, of it. Okay, but you've never seen anything regarding it. I mean, prior to the ongoing saga of Kurt Russell Month, I had never even contemplated that Kurt Russell could be a heartthrob. <laughs> I think I saw it. <laughs> on but then the... you saw him in Big Trouble in Little China and went, "Hmm, okay." I mean, he's a pretty good-looking <laughs> yeah. fellow. I mean, yeah, but he had some scenes where that that tank top where I'm. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'd, I'd let him interrupt my poops. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He can uh, drive his truck into my garage. Hell, um. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, he can shake the pillars of my heaven. There Sorry, you I had go. to go with one. There you go. You got one. Uh, all right. Well, if no one else has anything, since I'm the only one who's seen this, yeah. uh, let's get out of here and go watch this movie. Before we do, Rick, you've just released some new reading material. We're used to 
Fate's Pawn, which is available on Amazon and paperback and e-reader forms. But what is your new reading material that you've released to the public? And well, how much of a heartthrob are its characters? Not at all. They stink. Oh. They are, one, one of them is a character who has been trapped in what is essentially a shitty Iron Man suit for about a year. And it's not, a, it's not pretty under there. How's he mm. poop? Into the suit. The poop the suitcase the poo get out of the suit? Uh, it is reintroduced into the environment in a safe manner that keeps him from like ex- being exposed to the extreme cold around him. Mm, that sounds so very Dune. Well, yeah, it's sort of like that, except instead of sand, Does he have snow. an airlock at the back of his ass? Yeah, essentially. You remember that uh, Disney movie where the alien suit came down and it became friends with the kid and you would see it talking to the kid through yeah. the back of the Star face? Star Kid. Star Kid, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what that would do with food with him. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm hungry, I need a burger, and egg it for him, and then present it to him it's as a treat. It's actually exactly like that. Instead, what, what, this, what he has to eat are these uh, purified little cubes that are flavored between chocolate and vanilla, and apparently the vanilla is not good, so he only eats the chocolate. <laughs> Sounds what's riveting. What's it called? It's called Escape from Persephone 4. And you where can, can folks find it? You can find it on Kindle through their new Vela application. You have to look specifically through Kindle to, to get access to it, but a new chapter will come out every Friday until it's done, and then we'll see what I want to do with it then. Sounds good. Check out Persephone 4 on Vela through Kindle. Uh, additionally, if you like the podcast and want to help support us, our Patreon is live. It's patreon.com slash opinionated. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get all sorts of bonus content, including first impressions, listener requests, and even some tabletop gaming episodes. Again, that's patreon.com slash opinionated. Guys, we're going to be back in just a minute after we're finished watching Overboard. Somebody call for a carpenter? That's my wife's department. Mrs. Grant Staten III. Grant, I'm on the phone! Always knew what she wanted. I'm not paying for your mistakes. And she always got it. You haven't got a single thing on this earth to do except for your hair. She had power. Taste. What is this gelatinous muck? Style. Are you going to bring me my lemon or do I have to squeeze it from my hat? And... Amnesia. Seems a mystery woman was picked up by the Elk Cove garbage cow shortly after midnight. Excuse me, miss. Can you tell me your name? Of course I know my name. It's... It's... Annie! This missing link person is not my husband. Welcome home, baby! All right, we're back. Uh, what'd you guys think? Better than you thought? Yeah, yeah, better. It's yeah, a good yeah. movie. It's a fun, it's a fun little cute movie. Yeah. Are we jumping to final thoughts right now? <laughs> no, we're jumping to general thoughts when we kick off of that. Because for me, if it's one of those movies where if it was done differently, it would come off way worse. But the fact that they spend such a good amount of time at the very beginning establishing making, her being yeah, shitty. making Annie just the biggest bitch of bitchania, <laughs> like yeah, but bitch or not, the like. It doesn't. It doesn't excuse what happens. Hank is an utter monster for doing this. Dean, 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 Dean. Hank and Dean. I yeah. see what you did there. Dean. Uh, Kurt Russell plays Dean. Goldie Hawn plays uh, Annie slash some Joanna, Jane, Joanna. But she's called Annie throughout the most of the movie, so we call her Annie. Um, and the gist of it is exactly what we described in the IMDb description, right? Yeah. <laughs> Annie or Annie is a huge bitch, and she's she's a rich bitch. And then she falls overboard off of her giant mega yacht and gets amnesia. And Kurt Russell, playing Dean, comes up and he's like, that's my wife! And then Mm -hmm. he takes her home and pretends like she's his wife and 
helps her remember her normal life, which includes cooking and cleaning and doing all right. of his chores and all the shitty stuff he doesn't want to do. Generally which includes enslaving her. Children. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And she sings a song about her being a slave because, you know, she's awful and uh, exactly. didn't give him money. He did sing that, yep. But, it was... it's, but it's not nearly as creepy in movie not on paper. It's not nearly as creepy as you expect. I'll give you that. I think the context that that you're that gets left out of he brings her home to essentially be his wife is it doesn't really get the right gist across because when you say that you think different things than what the movie is actually yeah. doing. Because what he says is he's just going to bring her there, essentially like get her to do chores and stuff enough that until she, she works off her debt enough because, that she has yeah. like essentially repaid the amount of money that she you know screwed him over for because at the very beginning the reason that they're interacting in the first place is she hires him to be a carpenter for her to come build some some cabinets or some closet space on her mega yacht mm-hmm. and then after he finishes making like what's honestly like a kind of cool little setup yeah for, yeah. for 48 hours that's amazing yeah, yeah. Builds, a hand builds, crank that moves your uh, shoe it's like a hand rotated shoe rack around. with bonus right. extra space and all this and then she gets pissy because it's the wrong kind of wood exactly and so she not a kind of wood she specified at the beginning of yeah the, but yeah, every, everyone in the world should know that you should have intuited that it has to be this kind of wood for my shoes yeah, exactly cedar instead of oak yeah because you know shoes, ha- shoes have a real problem with getting eaten by moths exactly uh, yes. and so that's a wool shoe so she there. stiffs them on 600 bucks and mm-hmm. so later on it's not just that he's like oh she's amnesiac i'm gonna Make well, her my wife. she doesn't just stiff him on six hundred bucks. She pushes him off the boat and then throws his tools into the water. Yeah, correct. Again, mega bitch on the mega yacht. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then once he goes and he's like, "Oh, she's she's got amnesia. I'm gonna make her my wife." It's not the like, I'm gonna go in and rape her. Yeah, it's not that. It's no, the, she's gonna come live at my house and do chores for me at the rate of twenty five dollars a day until she basically pays back what I what yeah. she owes me. It's not an like Adam Sandler movie. Exactly. <laughs> and and. They do some pretty sig- like some specific steps to show that he's not being that big of a creep, right? Wait. Like at the very beginning, he, sure he messes with her, like oh he pretends like he's he's Mister Horndog, but he you, regularly makes her sleep out on the couch so right. that they're not like sleeping in the same bed. Yeah. You could he wants her to be his governess. Exactly. You could interpret his actions as him being gross on purpose so she will not even think about wanting to have right. sex yes. with her if you are willing to be extremely charitable. <laughs> Relatively charitable. I wouldn't say extremely, but pretty charitable. Extreme fair. top of the left. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I think that's what the movie is intending with the scene where he like pours alcohol over himself and comes home like kind yeah. of pawing at her yeah. in an unsexy way. I think that's supposed to be him like... Giving Cause, her because if a, you had just come home drunk, right, and then started pawing at her, you'd be like, "Wow, what a skis ball!" But the fact that he's like cold sober, yeah, and then just he's pour like alcohol pour the alcohol on, himself. on, so he smells like a drunk and right. comes home. Like, and we find out later that he doesn't actually go out every night and like go bowling or whatever with his friends. We find out that he's actually every time that he goes out going to work and yeah. right. He's not his a completely job. awful dad. He's like trying to get money on the table. He's, he's just, just bad at being a father. He's just a, he, yeah. He's bad at being a dad. He's not being a bad dad yeah. in terms of the effort that he's putting in. Uh, yeah. And he's also willing to permanently traumatize this woman for the sake of getting <laughs> right, back on true. a grudge. I mean, to be it, fair, it's an important lesson to learn. pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the scene in the psych ward. So she falls off the boat, gets amnesia, she yeah. gets picked up by another boat. But she still acts like the exact same person. Exactly. She just doesn't remember and, who and she I is. And I love how she's when she's in the psych ward, all the doctors and all the guards and all the nurses are just like, there's a, a reward out. Not by like 
her husband, her real husband, to come find her. Now the psych ward is putting a reward out. Someone come take her off of our hands because she's such a. They have crazy people there who eat checkers and they want her gone that (laughs) fast. It's incredible how awful Annie is at the beginning of this movie. Like it is, it is genuinely impressive how despicable a human being she is. She could not have been any more reproachable than she was. Well, and she. And the movie does a really good job of portraying that in a very effective way while still being a PG movie. Right? Yeah. Because right. she's not like... Mm, Killing animals. Yeah. And, like, mm, she's not, front, feed me my caviar. And it turns out it's actually orphan testicles or something like <laughs> right. that. Like, she's not like comic over-the-top villain evil. She's, she's just, just so condescending to everyone she interacts with mm-hmm. all the time. It's a kind of evil that, like, I think everyone has actually... It's Dolores Umbridge syndrome. Like, we all remember that that's the book series about a guy that, like, regularly murders and tortures people. But the one that everyone really hates is the bitchy school teacher. (laughs) Because we all had that one horrible school teacher. And she, Annie, in this movie, is very much like that. It is a, a very recognizable and relatable kind of, oh, you are just awful to be around at all times. And I have to agree, because... It dips its ladle slightly into the waters of being utterly ridiculous. But at for which the, parts? Like, give us some examples. I think it's mostly just the vibe. What I'm getting at is, however, is that despite that, it really is. It reminds me of an arch bitch from Brentwood. <laughs> yes, okay. here uh-huh. in Nashville. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of like, you know what? This this horrific kind of person seems like a caricature, but it also kind of checks out. I've yeah. seen you at the Cool Springs Mall. I right. know who you are. In yeah. yoga pants, probably with a poodle under one arm. <laughs> She's she is the god of Karens. It, for real, like she actually, she really is, and I think what I love really the, sells. It I love is the not... line when she's on the boat and she's like reclined, and it's after Kurt Russell has like. So at the, again, back at the beginning, Kurt Russell is like, "Hey, I made your cabinets for you." She's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm not paying you because you didn't guess the kind of wood I wanted." <laughs> and he's like, "You're a bitch! <laughs> like all you do is sit around here in your super luxury and complain all day." Like. Get something to do. You're a horrible person. And she pushes him off. And so then later she's sitting, she's sitting like reclining in her lap of luxury. Mm. She's like, I'm not a bitch. (laughs) I'm a good person. I'm not a bitch. And then immediately she picks up the phone. She's like, Billingsworth, are you bringing me my lemon or will I have to squeeze one from my hat? Yeah. It's just such a good line. It really, it really is. It does effectively sell you on the type of person he is. But I think the thing that really, to me, gets it over the most is the way every single human being that has to interact with her despises her. her equally as rich husband. Exactly. Like, he is also just a horrible piece of shit. But, like, all of their servants, like, you can see them, like, cringe every time time she opens her mouth yeah. because they know something is going to come out of it that's just going to be abusive and like it, it goes even to like the point of what after she's lost her memory like we talked about earlier the the people at the psych ward are just like please get this woman out of here i almost believe that the the flimsy nature of the way that kurt russell gets her away from them is partially due to the fact that she's so horrible they don't oh, yeah. care no they the police just want to get the police are there and you're just waving all the official stuff giving mm-hmm. high fives to the psych ward like we're done we <laughs> we're did it. dobby has given that that's not yeah. an exaggeration. That's not a joke, though. In the movie, they're high-fiving each other. <laughs> they really are. She's that 
horrible to be around. Because the way that the way that Kurt Russell comes in and convinces them that this is his because she she's got amnesia, she doesn't remember who she is, but she's very much still her own character, right? And she's she still, knows she's not the kind of person that would live in this town with Kurt Russell. Right. right. She knows that she's the person who, you know, she talks pretentious and she deserves the lap of luxury and everything else, right? And so when Kurt Russell comes in, she's like, Yeah, no, I don't know who this person is. Mm-hmm. He's just some random dude off the street. And Kurt Russell Having seen her ass in her bikini when yeah. she was on the boat earlier, it's just like, well, Doc, she's got a freckle on her ass. And then birthmark. She, yeah, a birthmark. And so she goes behind. Kind of shaped like a strawberry. And there's no way. There's no way she can turn around to see where it is on her I don't ass know, cheek. It's pretty no, high up it, on her it was, cheek. It, it was in the inner way. dimple. It was not. A, it was no. on the outer dimple. I'll pull up her ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> you go right ahead. It was on the outer what side. What was the name of this movie? Overboard. Overboard. It's you a, just it's, search it's an overboard Goldie Hawn ass? Just Goldie ass. I, I guarantee it's... There are other people who were 13 around when this movie came out, Josh. <laughs> you can understand my reasoning for uh, pulling it off the shelf at 13 If this was old. the thing you had to go to, I can I can understand. Although, I can understand also why you fast-forwarded to this part, because then you don't have to see, like, hear her talk mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. any of that. There's no way you can turn around that far. Show me right now you can see that part of your ass. <laughs> it's true. It is it is on the top the inner top of the of the ass. Rick, stand up. All right, for all of our audio <laughs> yeah. listeners, Rick pull is, your pants down. Yeah, Rick is standing up. Yeah, no, there's no way. There's no way. Although to be fair, Rick doesn't have the uh, the thickness that Goldie Hawn did in this movie. Yeah. But we've all tried to like <laughs> we've all tried to like look at our own asshole at one point or another without I've the seen my without the use of a mirror, and it doesn't really work. And I think this true. Is a I've, I've needed mirrors anytime I've had to look at my butthole. Yeah. Yeah. Like I agree. We've all we've all tried. Yeah. I I think that with enough extra ample ass that you, you might be able to turn and catch a little peek of it brian if i'm if i'm being honest just maybe, enough maybe, to see maybe it's like your, your periphery yeah. and you're like oh man there is something there right right yeah something like that but to your point about how the way everyone interacts with her really sells the point that she's this hot horrible person mm-hmm. when her husband her real husband her rich husband mm-hmm. comes to the psych ward to see if it's her and he sees that she's there in the psych ward, and she's just like pitching a fit mm-hmm. at, at the nurse and her her like co med ward neighbor and everything right. else. And he's just like, yeah, no, that's not my wife. I'm not, I'm going. I've never seen her before. I've never seen her before in my life. And it goes and it just cuts to him on the boat, and he's like, she left me. Let's celebrate. And it's <laughs> yeah. like time to get the hookers and booze. Right. Which and- is a bit curious to me because we ultimately find out that she's the one with the majority of the cash. They could also, he could also be rich. Well, we no, don't she, really know, that. We find yeah. out later that she's the one with the majority of the cash, but They're she, still married. He, know, he knows she's got amnesia. So what's she going to do about her cash? Well, she doesn't remember she's got it. My issue is that his strategy with the mother in that he's just kind of like, oh, well, she's asleep. Like, with his mother-in-law, yeah. Goldie Hawn's mom. Yeah. I think he was just going to let it ride as long as he could and then turn back. I it's a horrible strategy. Down. It yeah. is, but he's also a giant crazy moron. Like, yeah. actually crazy. He's a rich douche yeah, like, who he, is not thinking this through. He just wants to dance with a bunch of strippers and blow. And painted ladies. Pa- sorry, painted like, ladies this of is, the West. This is definitely the kind of guy who has never experienced a consequence in his entire life. Right, mm-hmm. that's what so, I'm So, like, <laughs> it is entirely believable believable to me that he would be he experienced the consequence of marrying this bitch that's fair that's fair (laughs) yeah but the other consequence of it was being super fucking wealthy 
Yeah, but he seemed like he might he might be middle class rich, but he still seems like he came from a wasp rich family. Like he definitely feels like he at least his dad has. Yeah, money. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of this to say that it does a very effective job of painting her as this repulsive person. Exactly. And so when it gets to the point where Kurt Russell comes in, and he's like, "Yeah, the, she's my wife," and my like, wife, I'm, I'm my wife, I'm <laughs> taking her home. It it doesn't come across like yes. We know that he's being kind of a dirtbag for doing this. And the movie acknowledges that at several points. You yeah, know, sure. he, he acknowledges it himself. He's like, yeah, I know it's kind of scummy, but like, eh, it's also kind of, he's talking with his like beer buddies and he's yeah. like, it's kind of douchey, but it's also kind of funny. Am I right, yeah, boys? Right. And I mean, he's like, not sleeping five. with or anything. He's just, that's, and that's yeah. the big point. Like none of this feel at the very, at the beginning of this movie and through most of it, it does not feel at all like there is any sexual component. Yeah. He never it's kisses her until prank, she bro. kisses him. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's just a prank, right? A he's $600 just, prank. He's just getting her to do the work. But part of that work involves his kids. Yeah. And I also like how quick he, he even says when he sees that she's amnesia, she's got amnesia. He sees it on the TV. He's like, Oh, I know what I got to do about this. Real quick, I'm stopping home first. So he right. goes and he breaks the news yeah. to his kids. Right. And I love how much his... Because the first time I actually watched this all the way through, I kept expecting his kids to like... Ruin it. Because I knew at some point she's got to find out, right? That's right, just the yeah. way movies oh, yeah. work. And yeah, so they can't I, just have this be the movie of where she, <laughs> this lady is kidnapped. Love the end. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be horrifying. No, like, he I just ca- stews in guilt for the rest of his life. Yeah. I kept expecting it to be the kids that would like break the facade at some point. Yeah. Especially because there's like... You know, it goes from, like, middle school on down to, like, early elementary school-aged right. kids, right? But the kids are on point. They oh, are. yeah. They, they, kids are one of the best this parts This does not movie. seem like it's their first rodeo. Yeah, the kids in this movie actually weren't as bad as I was expecting them to be. Because normally in, normally in movies like this, it'll be, like, the kids are either forgettable or so small of a part that it doesn't really matter that they're a kid actor. Or they're or, the worst thing. Or they're the worst part of it. Yeah. Well, I remember like in the, the Santa Claus, there's the kid in that movie who is an endearing component, mm-hmm. but it is in no way a critical feature in the film. Right. Yeah. But in this movie, the kids are definitely a major part of the plot. Yeah. Right? Because, Significant accomplices. Yeah. Because A, they're Hellions. Yeah. At the very beginning. And then they develop feelings for Annie as, like... She starts actually momming them? Yeah, she fits into the role of the mother. Like, Mm -hmm. she's caring for them and teaching them and and being a mom to them. And as part of that, like, they went over her heart as well. That is a big part of it. Like, I think that it is hard to overstate how much of a mitigating effect this has on the creepiness because if because it was just kurt russell winning her over it would that, still feel really that creepy. would feel incredibly creepy but because it's really basically the kids that get her to start being a good person essentially like the turning point is definitely that moment in the classroom where they've got that horrible teacher who like they're all obviously like scratching themselves no, the turning point was the day before when she finally learns to have fun no no i mean like that's the moment where it's like okay i have solidified into I really like this person. Like that's okay. that's the first step in her like having that. There's, but the moment where it, the flip the switch flips for me is when she takes that teacher to task for not like for giving those kids crap when they're obviously covered in hives. Essentially, yeah. I think there's a difference because because there's a point where she's still begrudging it, but she accepts that okay, she's gonna start believing right when she's like she, spraying him yeah, with the hose and stuff. Well, right, no, right. before that, where she's like, all right, I guess I'm gonna believe Kurt Russell even though I still hate this oh, life, okay, right? okay, gotcha. So there's that point. Then there's a point where she's like, you know what? I used to hate it, but like I'm going to have some fun with it now. Yeah. 
And then there's the point later at the at the school, school where she's standing up for the kids and like saying how special they are and how she really claims them as her kids in that moment. Yeah, she right. does. She stands up to defend them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And previously, for, she's just kind of fucking around. And right. that's the moment where it changes for Kurt Russell. Yeah, because and in, that's another big part, important yeah, part because, of it too. Because when it changes for Dean, it's not like yes, he's developing feelings for her. But also, that's when he starts feeling way guiltier about yeah. everything that he's doing. Because right. now she doesn't seem like an awful person anymore. She exactly. seems like a three-dimensional person. Exactly. exactly. And It's and, not a game anymore. You yeah. You're not fucking with the horrible monster woman. And I like that progression, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has to. there has to be that progression. It can't just be, she's a bitch, okay, now she's cool and people love her. It can't be, she's, she's a bitch and now she's cool and... It's Kurt Russell that that wins her over, even though he's being a creep, and then like they fall in love together. Right. It has to be through the kids, and I like the way that it does it because their house is an absolute shit show. Oh, hey, yeah. he's a it's carpenter. Horrible. Yeah, no, there's, there's no reason. There's nice carpenters who clean their house. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you're someone that creates shit, I feel like you would have a greater sense of responsibility for what someone That's my else beef has with created. He's just yeah. a slob, and a t- if he's a terrible parent. Exactly. He he, really is the kind of parent who's like, he wants to have fun with his kids and he wants to be their friend, but any sort of like discipline discipline or or responsibility. Or teaching them anything, period. Yeah, he doesn't want to have any part of that. It seems like one of the sons took his uh, inventiveness because, I mean, he makes inventions and. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, he makes weird cabinets and stuff. So I don't know. I'll, I'll say this: like, there's there's gradients of terrible parent, and he is a terrible parent at the beginning of this movie. But it's not the same as like an abusive parent. No, no, yeah. it's he's a, a, he's he's a terrible he's parent who loves his kids. Yeah, he's a neglectful parent. Yeah, and wants to do whatever for him as long as it doesn't involve like discipline or right taking the bad stuff about yeah. being just, a parent. I just don't think. Yeah, I think that what it is is he just doesn't know how to do any of that, and so he ignores it. And I think it, like the way that he reacts to her bringing that up implies to me that he it isn't that he isn't uh, he's unaware that these things are necessary and he definitely i think feels guilt over that which is important to me because if he didn't feel any guilt about it it would be much more damning for his character and it makes me curious because part of his character is that his previous wife the wife that he had all these kids with Mm -hmm. died she died three years ago yeah a nice time a nice long enough time where it's okay that he's moving on to somebody new yeah And it makes me curious if this was the role that his old wife I think felt. so. Probably. It was the, where, the parent dynamic they Yeah, had. she took care of all the housework mm-hmm. and taking care of all the kids. Sure. And Because he even says, he's like, look, my contribution to this house is I go out and I earn the money. Right. And we see him at multiple, you know, he's, he's constantly going out and working. And then we find out later he's also working nights. So he takes that part of the responsibility he's being serious. Yeah. Right. I just don't to- get why his cover-up for that is being a worse... Husband, <laughs> I, I'm going out to drink and play bowling, and that's all there is to it, And I, I think he just doesn't want anyone to know how hard he's working. Like, if he's going I out guess. and playing, they don't have to feel bad about it for him. Because, And they even kind of bring that up. That like, She's like, you don't have to feel embarrassed, even though you're literally like a shit shoveler. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Which would probably be something to be embarrassed about. Yeah, sure. I don't think that we would feel embarrassed about that in our time here in the 2020s. But rewind 40 years and I think that sense of pride would be a little more typical, even if it seems pretty silly. That would make sense, yeah. Especially because a, a big part of this movie is like, oh, look, the different, oh, it's the rich and the poor. Like, mm-hmm. look at how different they live and that kind right. of thing. And while she's shown to be very rich and she's living in luxury, they really paint him as like, 
a redneck bumpkin, right? Yeah. When you pull up to the yard, there's all of these there's different three like, moving. There are three vehicles that have obviously been stationary for a down, long time. And there's mm-hmm. the there's like the dead brush everywhere, and like empty oil barrels. Strewn yeah. so, I deliver in the sticks. This is not an unusual place. Like, if anything, true. this is cleaner and nicer than some of the places I have seen right. today. It seems like middle-class Tennessee at times. <laughs> true. Yeah. True, but to your point, I think that in the 80s, this is much more of a... I think it's, it's painting a very stark difference between the two of them. Exactly. Yeah, and, that's what And, and we're for. really supposed to buy that he is this, like... Bumpkin. Oh yeah, and right. he like he genuinely is. Like I, I don't I don't doubt that at all. I don't feel like he's got a the inner heart of a rich man in there somewhere. <laughs> sure. I feel like he, he is, feels more like a lumberjack than he does a bumpkin. I could see that. The thing of it is is that he he is happy where he is. Yes. Um, and I think that's a big part of what makes him a lot uh, more attractive as a character. In, in that, like, we see the rich rich dude, right? He is clearly unhappy even though he's got all this shit, whereas Kurt Russell is wor- working two jobs and not doing great at at least one of them. Well, and he was still... purely unhappy because of his wife. Like, it seemed yeah. like he was having a great time without The, the rich dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. But he's also just a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. Like, in, even if he is happy in that life, that is not a life you should be happy with. Kurt Russell with. is, yeah. like, wholesome happy. Exactly. Except for making someone a slave. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. And no. and it even extends to like his buddy. Because he's got his buddy, his friend Billy. Right. Yeah. Who, right. Who, who, who when you said was, was uh, intended to be played by John Candy, that fit too well. It, it really does. But imagine John Candy and now imagine like his cousin. And yeah. That's, that's who plays Billy. <laughs> Off-brand John Candy is exactly who this I guy is. I want to know how he beat out John Candy. John, John Candy, Candy was busy. busy that's what I was about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but... She like the shenanigans with her, like just doing all the chores and everything, mm-hmm. involve him too. Because Billy comes over to watch the game with mm-hmm. uh, with Dean, and Dean's like, "Oh, honey, will you get him, get us another beer?" And as soon as she gets the beer, "Oh, honey, get up and get us some uh, some dessert." Mm-hmm. And as soon as she does that, oh, "Honey, you got to run to the store and get us more beer now." <laughs> yeah. So it's it's involving him, and even he, because at the beginning he's the one like egging egging Dean on, yeah. and. He's also kind of the creepier one because the first night that she, that uh, Dean brings her back, he goes out bowling with mm-hmm. Billy, right? Yeah. And Billy's Billy's the one who's talking it up like, hey, hey, she hot, she got a thick ass. You gonna <laughs> you gonna go home and <laughs> a bump bump a boing a boing, right? And we call it boom boom. Yeah. We call it. Boom. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe he boom, just boom. knows the quality of Hank or stop calling him Hank. Dean's character. And it knows like what he's going to he? say. I think yeah. a big part of it is that you need this character to bring up this tension so that yeah. it's clear that this is not happening. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. the fact that like he brings it up and, and he is like not only uh, no, but he is coming up with a plan to make himself extra repulsive so that when he comes home, she would not even Kurt think Russell to want is. that. Kurt Russell, yeah. 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 In like, response to Billy's suggestion of go home and bump uglies. Right. He's like, no, I got I to gotta make sure that, that doesn't happen. Essentially, exactly. It's played in a comedic fashion, but that is essentially the action that takes place, which is very helpful to this movie. <laughs> like, you need this. This cannot go the other way. Otherwise, right. this movie instantly becomes utterly despicable. Yeah. yeah. But without a doubt, but even Billy is changed through the course of her like learning how to be a real human and learn how right. to be nice and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, he changes too. Yeah, because by the end, like 
A, he's like the loyalist bro. He, oh, my he's God. Kind of yeah. skeedy, this but guy. the loyalist bro. <laughs> right. But, but, but he falls on that sword hard. He has yeah. no, he has many faults, but loyalty is not, a, his disloyalty we'll, is we'll not a We'll talk about them. that scene in a second. But but he even he's the one who's like, Kurt Russell, like, don't give her up. And I'm not just saying that because you're getting like slave labor. I'm saying that. I'm <laughs> you saying, belong together. I'm saying that because, like, you guys are good for each other. Like, right. You guys belong, she's a good mom to your kids. And you from you have taken this horrible monster and in the space of a couple weeks made her the most sweet, wonderful woman alive. And 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 alternately, <laughs> she's turned you from a degenerate into like a kind of a decent bad guy. <laughs> right. you're, you're batting an eighty out of a hundred, dude. Good job. Exactly. Your household is somewhat in order. I can walk in here and it doesn't smell of filth constantly. (laughs) Your house is not a pigsty anymore. (laughs) Literally, there are pigs here. (laughs) But so, okay. So setting up to his super loyal bud scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earlier on in the movie, when when, uh, Annie falls off of the boat, the only thing she's wearing is, well, she... When she's we wearing see, a full outfit, she's but wearing she's a found in her panties. Yeah, but when she washes up on the other boat, uh, she's just down to her panties. And so they get, and they say that in the movie. We don't see it. They give her some of their like right. their boatman's gear or whatever. Right, yeah. But later on, like she's got this pair of like frilly rich people underwear. Mm-hmm. Right. Kurt Russell takes that when he goes and picks her up from the psych ward. He's like, "Yeah, some rich panties, and it's got her initials on it. Whatever." No, you did. What about the Which, interaction with the cop? Because the well, cop is like, yeah. "What's the deal with the JS?" And he's like, "Oh, I bought these four at a yard sale." He's like, uh, "Oh yeah, I bought yeah. Garga for my wife at a yard sale." <laughs> also, it's a also, common thing here. And the cop's just like, oh, "Also, let me let me sniff it one more time." Because he's really <laughs> having a hard time handing over that underwear. It was to weird. Yeah. It was really. They're weird. very yeah. nice. But also, underwear. do rich ladies like put their initials in on their underwear? No, rich people have Mo- everything monogrammed. It's monogrammed, my dude. <laughs> Okay. They don't show us that she's got it like sharpied on the tag. Hey, so th- like that's the thing I would assume. I don't assume someone's like, hey, let Rick, me get my Rick, underwear monogrammed. Rick, that's because you're not a rich bitch. I mean, that's that reminds fair. me of the Great Gatsby. I guess the OG Great Gatsby movie, where in that one, just like every single object you ever see in the house is monogrammed. That's it's just so fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. I hate I hate Greg Gatsby so much. Me like anytime too. it comes I like up, how I, said I despise it. As if his yeah. first name was great. Exactly. <laughs> his yeah. name is his name is Good Game. <laughs> uh, the, the underwear comes around later at the end though, because Kurt Russell's taking her home, and he you know he's he's like all right, I've got this her effects like what she was found with. All right, I'm just gonna like, put these panties somewhere. So he throws them in the glove box. Yeah. Fast forward, they've gone through, you know, there's the montage of her becoming a good mom and becoming a good person, them slowly falling in love, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Help him with his big break at work. Yeah, which is him starting up a putt-putt place, which I like because it doesn't feel... It feels like a big step for someone in this small country town. It does, and also... This putt-putt course is kind of legit. I kind of want to go to this putt-putt course. For him to make this... He's not really wide say of talents other than just making stuff out of wood. Yeah, really good for carpenter. sure. Right, he's more like a, a handyman. Yeah, yeah, jack of all yeah. jacks. A little bit of like, I don't know, he's like a farmer who's not a farmer. Because farmers can do pretty much anything yeah, on Yeah, because they property. live on their own. Yeah. yeah. But, so they, they've they've gotten close. We're at the point in the movie where they've fallen in love and they're living as a happy family. Yeah. Right they make boom boom, boom. consensually. Which... They've boinked. I really. They, they've boom boomed. I really kind of wish that like this moment was the moment when they were like going back and thinking so, about doing it. True. All right. Let's put the put the panty story on hold because let's talk about them boinking. Yeah. And Kurt Russell. Or not, it's okay. Kurt Russell comes downstairs. He's like, 
Annie, we got to talk. Yeah. He feels incredibly guilty because at this point he's starting to have feelings for her. And that is making him feel guiltier about the fact he's been lying to her about all of this for so long. Right. Which is good. Eating yeah. him alive to so the point he has to tell her. He has to tell her. And all of his little kids are looking and watching. They're like, Dad, what are you going to tell her? Don't Mom, do it, Dad. Don't screw what are you going to tell our mother, <laughs> Dad? What are you going to tell the woman that has been actually feeding us and teaching one of us to read? Right. Dad. And so he's 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 trying to get it out, and then eventually at the end he he wusses out. He's like, "I gotta tell you, I I, I forgot your birthday. I forgot your birthday. My bad. You want to go like drinking and dancing?" And so they go out and they're drinking and dancing, and it's the first it's the first night we see where she's getting to have fun with Kurt Russell and right. just like washes dirty underwear constantly. Yeah. They actually have some authentic chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should because in real life they're married. And but... it's it's not the first time we've seen her be like kind of happy because she's been at this point pretty well adjusted into exactly. the into the family. She but, feels satisfied with her the, life. But this yeah. is the first time we've seen her have that happiness without the family, where it's just her and Kurt Russell right. now. Yeah. And so they're out, they're drinking, they're dancing. Kurt Russell's bought her like a glass, a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. for you know with a cheap little plastic champagne right. glasses to celebrate mm-hmm. her birthday, mm-hmm. and and they're having a nice night. And then they go out to the deck. And they they walk out to see the the moonlight glinting on the harbor, and he mm-hmm. tells this romantic story of the, the <laughs> uh, kind of romantic yeah, the, <laughs> the legend of the harbor about how oh, Arturo, Arturo and uh, Katarina Persephone yeah. whatever yeah how they <laughs> Persephone's per- the Persephone planet <laughs> they fell in love but were uh, one was rich and the other was poor so it didn't work out no that's from the Randy Newman song we'll get to that no no I mean this it is was also part in, of it too this yeah, is part of the Catalina story do you think yeah. this song was written for the movie or this movie was written based on that song I don't know but the story he tells her in the movie one's rich and the other's poor and they can't make it work and then yeah. oh honk three times and that means you love them and stuff like that and so they have this very romantic like authentic romantic he's not being a sleazeball here he's not Aside from the fact that he's keeping the facade of them already being married going. Which he has actively tried to destroy. Sort no, no, he does that. Not that's later. Point. That's yeah. later when he, tra- he, he, he does He tried that. to come in, but he wussed out, right? Right, he, he, he did He tried to fess, out. Out, yeah. fess up, but he wussed out. But they have a moment, a genuine moment of romance and chemistry. Right, yeah. Right. These Which, two people, such as they are, since her having amnesia, actually have a thing for each other. Yeah. And they act that out. Yeah. And at that point, they go home and celebrate her birthday with a little bit of boom boom. Uh-huh. Yeah. And well, not a, a lot of boom boom. It looked like a lot of boom boom. Like they were on the floor. They, they were on the bed. Started in twice. the bed. They ended up in other places. <laughs> they got on. The, they started in the bed. Went to the floor. Went back, back to, to the, the bed. <laughs> like this was. Those kids upstairs heard a lot that night. <laughs> it's true. So all of this has happened. And before we get on to the rest of the panty story, how do you guys feel about the fact that they boinked? It's too creepy. Conflicted. The movie yes. makes it work. Let's get your thoughts. It's a moral gray area. Because, I mean, Grayer the person that she was at that point was consensually ready to have sex with. He should have completely told her that you're not this person, but right. Right. I don't know where to go at that point. And it, later she doesn't accept it when he does tell her that. So yeah. like it, And she tries really hard to not accept what he's telling her. Yes. Right. Later on when, when he's actually fessing up. I but that was at before the, now. What no, he does right. is wrong. But that's, yes. my, that's my, my also, line on this. And but, at this moment, when they're having the romantic moment and they're going to go do it, she's kind of the initiator a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, it is, doesn't yeah. take him long to like fall into it either, but it's also not like he's like, hey, this feels kind of romantic. He's not pushing for it. Fuck? Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing that. I, I think to me where I would say is like, this is 
unequivocally a wrong thing to do, but it is not the wrong thing that we were all kind of worried it would be coming when we came into this movie. Yeah, right. Because like she is in a she is. she may not have the full like knowledge of her past, but she is she's in no way like being she, manipulated into this now, except that Well, not that she's not manipulated. She is a, a fully functioning person. Like right. she, she yeah. doesn't have her memory, but like she's not a like a child or something without a memory. Yeah, she's a fully functional human being who has been drastically improved by her life here. Sure. Like unquestionably. But it's not so, as much that he is raping her as like it would have been if they had boinked on the first night. Exactly. It's more just he's an asshole for continuing to deceive her despite his obvious misgivings. It's completely consensual boinking predicated on a lie. Yes. Exactly. So it's so it's not completely consensual boinking, <laughs> but it does not make me lose sympathy with the character. A I little, lose a little. A little I lose a little I'm, bit. I'm I lose not, a little bit, but I don't hate him. And I'm I not turning on him is what I mean by that. Y- yes, I'm not turning on him, but I am like, uh-oh, Kurt Russell, you did the shitty thing. Yeah. You, you're going to have to suffer consequences for that later. Right, it's the shitty thing that he was warring with himself about for the past 30 minutes off and on of the film. Right. And, well, I mean, not specifically the boinking, but I think in a way what the boinking signifies, the relationship which is that, that they has are, led to the boinking. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's the thing that he's he's feeling more and more guilty about. Right. But the the boinking is the consummation of that relationship, and, and, and that's in the a important way, thing. In a way, it's representing the fact that despite starting off as a lie, they have genuinely fallen in love with each other. Right. Right. But it should like consummate the guilt into its most intense form yet. And it kind of does because he does end up like breaking and being like, I need to just tell this person. No, this. that doesn't happen. Only oh, because of the panties. Fall, finds the panties because yeah. time passes. That gives him the excuse they, to do it. Yeah. yeah. They, they're, they're a happy quote unquote married couple with mm. their family. Right. And she helps him out with his business venture. Which I mean, is he not quote unquote, they are a happy family. Yeah. Like they're, no, happy mayor, quote unquote okay, married. Okay. 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 They are a happy family. Uh, she, Annie helps out uh, Dean and Billy with their putt putt idea. And it's her drawings that are the ones to win over the investors. And so oh, yeah. they win it all. And they're so happy. And they're about to go to the celebration mm. when she looks in the glove box for something. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. this truck is so messy. I got to find a rag. And so she looks in the glove box and finds the panties. Right. And my first reaction seeing this is, oh, it's going to trigger her memories. She's going to be yeah, like, 100%. She's, he's been lying to me this whole time. Mm. And I love that it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Her response is, Kurt Russell's been cheating on me. What the hell? Right. My husband, my husband who I'm married to is seeing another woman. Right. And Kurt Russell handles this in the worst way possible. He like, really He does. has a pre-established lie that would work perfectly for this. Because earlier at at the psych ward, yeah. when the cop asked him, hey, why do these initials not match what you're saying your wife is? He said, I bought them at a flea market or whatever. Yeah. Right? He, he doesn't even have to again. do that, though. Just be like, oh, yeah, uh, two years ago, we were boinking in the truck and used that alibi in that case and like oh we must have just stashed them but why do they have jay why do they have a different initials on them sure then then use the whole like got out of yard sale i think that a part of the reason he doesn't do that though is because when he did that it was still a game yeah and i think that he i don't think he can immediately jump to that silly lie yeah Yeah. he still has the guilt and this is the straw that breaks his guilt camel's back and he's like I gotta come clean. I've got an opportunity. Excellent liar up until this point. The issue is that when he's being confronted with Goldie Hawn saying, You've cheated on me, explain yourself, 
him telling the truth of you're not actually my wife. You had amnesia and I found you and made you come <laughs> it, be my slave. It sounds really so sounds like a shitty excuse he's trying to make to get out of trouble for cheating on her. Yeah. <laughs> right, it does. And I love it because it works so perfectly. Yeah. Because she doesn't buy at all. I which think- is great. Which is great that he's fessing up. He's being totally honest. Yeah. And I love the scene where he's like, you you got to believe me. I'm a shitbag. I yeah. stole you and made you myself. You won't believe me? Fine. We're going to the kids and they'll tell you the truth. It really works because he brings the kids into it. And the kids are like, nah, brah. She's our mom. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. We If we have to pick between you and her, yeah, we're you're taking leaving, her. Man. And then he goes to his best friend. And no, she goes gonna, to the best friend. Yeah, man. we're going we're gonna to talk about how the yeah, best yeah, yeah. friend handles this. But the important thing for the, continuing this part of the discussion is... His best friend is like, nah, brah, you need this woman because she has improved your life immensely and your children's life and her own life by being with you. I don't know what strange alchemy happened here to turn lead into gold for all of you, but I'm not letting you ruin this shit for yourself. Uh uh And And that is the only way that this scene works. Like, unless this entire thing, everyone in their lives is having the exact opposite reaction that they had to her in in her real life where she was the person she was before, it doesn't work to have the transformation that she has and it doesn't feel believable that she would come back to this. Exactly. So talk about the loyal best friend because she comes to the best friend. She comes to Billy. And and Billy does not bat an eye. This man sees, she's got panties. All right, bro. Maybe you cheated on her. I don't know. But I'm going to the match for you right now. Those are mine. <laughs> I, those are my panties. I wasn't wearing Annie. them or nothing. But like, I I, I met I a call girl. I cheated on my girlfriend, actually. <laughs> yeah. He is, he's like, you even know my girlfriend, so this is coming back on me at some point. But I cheated on my girlfriend with a telephone call girl. <laughs> he said a telephone sex operator uh, came to my truck to boink. <laughs> yep. And... Those are mine. That's that's what's when that's what went down here. And actually, she, he was covering for me, uh-huh. so that you won't tell Gertie. <laughs> and she is like, "Thank you for telling me that." that I'm, not even, <laughs> I'm not even mad you cheated on Gertie. I'm just so happy that oh. Kurt Russell didn't cheat on me. <laughs> and these are really nice panties. She must be able to afford multiple phones. Yeah, here, you have your panties back, Billy. It's it's hilarious. And okay, all this happens. There have you know. Things get resolved. She believes she believes that Kurt Russell isn't didn't cheat on her. And I guess at this point Kurt Russell just gives up fessing yeah. up the thing. He's like, eh, I tried. I'm going I to get her a real he wedding really ring. Did. Like he there's nothing he could do so, short of Go yes. to the like going to the find her actual family. To, to be fair, he gave it one solid effort. And it was yeah. a genuine effort. He didn't like beat around the bush. He didn't like fess up, but also try and convince her to stay. Right. He was just like, no, I'm going to fess up. I'm going to tell her what I did. I'm going to tell her that I was kind of a dirtbag and that I'm sorry. And that was it. And that works as far like, it's good yeah. that his character does that. Mm-hmm. He's not saying it and trying to make excuses for anything. Right. He does, mm-hmm. I like that he doesn't even bring up the fact that like, I'm doing this because you cheated me out of money. Right. He just says like, I did this. I'm a, I'm a dirtbag. Right. Right. But then after that scene, he's like, I guess well, I gave it my shot. It's only been we're, a day. We're married now. It's only been a day until they go back home and the dude's there. Well, right. they, they go back home and at this point, her real husband, the rich prick on the, yeah. on the let's, let's have an aside here where her actual husband has been partying with all of the hoes, yeah. but Painted uh, Annie's mother has been calling him on a semi-regular basis trying to ask like, hey, where's my daughter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, 
Annie's mom is an even richier, even bitchier rich bitch. It, right. it, it makes total sense how she became what she is. Yes. yes. And so eventually she is like, listen, uh, rich husband still on Grant. my yacht. Listen, Grant. Uh, Grant. You, haven't been able to, you haven't been able to put my daughter on the phone, so... Uh, Get her back in the next day, or I'm cutting your dick off. No, I'm this calling is, mercenaries. I'm calling mercenaries <laughs> to come cut off anything that protrudes from you. It was so talking. easy to kidnap and like, kill people back then when people <laughs> didn't have cell phones. That's crazy. It's true. Uh-huh. Yeah, they can't come to the phone. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. <laughs> and so, so he's very quickly like, oh, shit, I got to get her back. And yeah. Even though he still doesn't love her, it's just yeah. like... Well, no, he doesn't had, want her at all. I had all. my fun. Yeah. I, I guess I better go get my rich bitch. Because apparently she's the source of his money, or at least the big source yeah. of his well, we money. We find that out at the last second. At yeah. this point, we're under the impression that he's the bankroll, at least one of them. Yeah. Right. And he just such he does such a terrible job of covering for all of his like he really does. painted lady. Andy. He doesn't even like I, again. I think this. Why is didn't just he a guy just who... say she died or was lost at sea? Because then he'd have to deal with like there'd cops be an investigation and, yeah. and everything else. She's and his also, And also, why didn't you bring this up in the past? Like, however. And also, right. there's everyone on board who can. He had a mental breakdown. He's known for those. I mean, that would look bad, but still, like, he is ultimately innocent. As far as everyone knows, he's not done anything to actually try to kill her. I no, think he no, would be. He, you, like, you know, he could not get away with the fact that they, like, he. He went, went to, to the psych, yeah. ward, the psych ward, saw her. He was together. on TV. They would they remember that. That would yeah. be one loose end to cover up, but I think just the guy he was with was aware of that fact. Yeah. He was on TV. He was on TV. Like, he was briefly on TV. Oh, like, okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he, he ain't getting away with that shit. <laughs> he goes back to get Annie, whose real name is Joanne, but whatever. Uh, and I want to, what do you guys think about the scene? So he shows back up at, at her and Kurt Russell's house where they've got their happy family. What do you think of the scene where she gets her memories back? It's the worst scene in the movie for me. Really? Really. I think it drops the ball really hard by trying to soften the blow. Describe what happens. She, okay, so her rich husband shows up. They also show up to the house at about the same time. The husband's Mm -hmm. just a little bit before he's standing outside of his limo. Mm -hmm. She walks by him says hi grant his name mm. and walks Let me go put the these flowers up real quick right like and and yeah. she comes out and it's not as though like a flip a switch has been flipped and she remembers everything although it is she a just lot doesn't of it. it's act they wiggle more and more she doesn't act like that's what's happened she has this like slow gradient of um oh i remember all these things i remember all these things and but there's no sense that she has any awareness of the moral implications of what have, what has happened, she, she puts really, those pieces together throughout the scene. Yeah, yeah. And, she and, does. And, I, and honestly, I like that it takes her a minute because it I it helps the, it helps the life that she's built with Kurt Russell over this let's yeah. say a month. We don't actually know the two time months. Frame. No, it, it was two has months. it been two? Okay. Yeah, over these two months, it helps that feel. Like it's been actual character because if she yeah. just was like, "Oh, he's my real husband. I know that you're not," then it would be like, "Oh." Did, did those changes in her actually sink in? Yeah. And so that, I like that she's she the way to me at least the way that she's recovering her memories feels like this character is now has the memories of her life, but she's got two different conflicting. This is my real life stories, and they're contradicting, yeah. contradicting. Yeah, each and other. so she's having to like. That's what I'm missing is that it doesn't feel like she's having two lives that are contradicting each other. It feels like she is just Annie right now. Yeah. And Joanna isn't really a factor. No, yeah, because she wasn't really 
she was a bitchy person because of exactly what uh, Dean said at the beginning of the movie. She just didn't have any stimulation in life, and that's how she stimulated herself was by being a bitch. That could, Whereas that she could was be a so. quality person who just never got a chance to be a quality person. I so, think... Rick, are you expecting for some of her previous bitchiness to reemerge in this Not scene? exactly. I feel like she needs to have more betrayal than I see her actually she does have. take it really well that's the problem it is, felt like a that... feud stake to me like she knew the information there and she was like thank you for bringing me here wait why did you bring right. me right exactly and like, she was that just part, confused that part i'm kind of good she with. needs to be more hurt there, exactly that's what needs to happen at some point in the scene and it never feels like she's really just, truly just give us a, just it. give us a scene like at the very end she like takes off her ring that kurt russell worked hard to buy for and she like throws it back at him to exactly show something That's like it. that or maybe just like she runs away from the group of people into the woods or something and he has to chase her down just to give her a a scene change worth of time to process some of the trauma that she's now yeah. exactly. made aware of. something like that it's a movie you got to move fast but still it makes sense that it would take some time to navigate that confusion. I yeah. think if she like slowly had the realization of what had gone on and then blew up at the end, like lost her shit at, like, at Kurt Russell for a second. Fuck all of you men, I'm out of here. Exactly, yeah. something like that. Or at least just fuck you, Kurt Russell, and then was out of there. And then like as she's leaving, keep the scene where like the kids are are like, no, mom, come back. Because yeah. that's the most brutal moment like, of the entire oh, yeah. thing. that she's leaving and, and are going she's and, like, just as distraught as they are. after the car. Exactly, like she's just as, as broken up about that as they are. Yeah. And that part all really works. And if that's the thing that makes her kind of turn back and go like, wait, no, maybe this isn't such a bad thing, at least though for those kids' sake. Mm. And that's the thing that kind of leads her into her kind of slow decision to go back. I would, it would all work much better for me. But I need her to not take it quite so well. Sure, yeah. I'll give you that. I, and I think part of this is her being angry as nice person Annie mm-hmm. is very different from her being angry as bitch person Joanne. Yeah. yeah. Because at the beginning she's like like she pushes pushes Kurt Russell off the yacht as mm. it's running, right? Yeah. At the beginning. It's dangerous. But later on, even when she's angry with Kurt Russell because he's being a bad dad, mm-hmm. she doesn't blow up like that. Yeah. And yeah. so I think part it's, of it's more like the parental I'm just disappointed. Almost, but to me, it's like, okay, I guess that's how they're making her character. So the fact that she doesn't blow up at Kurt Russell is okay to me because when the kids come to like, Mom, no, don't leave. Stay. You distinctly said moms don't leave. Yeah, she still leaves them and goes back to the yacht with her And she covers her ears. And I think that is... Her Joanne. That is enough of her like being that upset about what's going on that she's willing to leave even the kids behind. It sucks. It it works for me. I don't think I need her blowing up. I think... Or even earlier in scenes where she should... Because... Kurt Russell's kind of a shit to her with all the yeah. stuff that he makes her do. Like she should have those are there are scenes when she's Annie at mm-hmm. Kurt Russell's house where she should have blown up in big ways. Yeah. And she got angry in quieter ways. And so I don't think that it's a terrible thing she doesn't have a huge blowing up. It scene. doesn't necessarily sure. need to be like her losing her mind and screaming at him, but I do need a at least specific moment of her reacting to what Kurt Russell has done in an extremely negative way. It doesn't even have to be like her screaming at him. Maybe it is just she takes off the ring and shoves it into his chest and it like calls him a monster or something. I need something directed specifically okay. at him for what he has done yeah. to process the rest of this. I like when she gets back to the yacht, 
So they, we we get a few scenes. Kurt Russell and the kids being depressed at home, and his kids just like refusing to come inside. They're like, we're, <laughs> right. gonna, we're gonna live in the shack now, Dad. You're a sh- piece of shit for letting Mom get away. Worst thing about this, Dad, is this shack living out here is still better than living in the house with you was. <laughs> you suck. We want Mom back. Uh-huh. So we get those scenes, and then we also get Annie back on the yacht with her rich family. And we get to see the ways that the changes have impacted her, right? Mm -hmm. We see her being kind to all of the crew and staff on the yacht. We see her like getting up to grab food for people because she thought they might be hungry. Because her super rich bitch mom is is here to like double check that Grant actually got her back. And they brought the family psychiatrist. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, And so like she gets up to just grab some food for everybody and they get like offended. They're like, what are you doing? We servants, have servants do that. Right. And she asks for a beer and they're like astounded that she's not drinking the champagne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she like does the whole like pop the bottle cap on the, right, on the, the side counter. of the table thing. And I like those. I like those steps of showing how the changes actually happened in her. I think yeah. the most important thing for it is the way that the staff reacts to her. Because yeah. That Especially was the thing. when she apologizes to the butler. Exactly. Yeah. Cause she's been cheating at him like, Presumably her whole life, oh, however yeah. long they've had that butler. For sure. And the way that they had, uh, the way that she, they had reacted to her in the beginning of the movie was a big part of what had sold her as, yeah. like, she's not just this way with they Kurt Russell. They all clap for Kurt she, Russell. Yeah. Yeah, because in the beginning, <laughs> they're all able to overhear Kurt Russell and be like, you're a stupid bitch, and mm-hmm. you're just angry because your life has no meaning, and you need a hobby. And right. One of them could be getting a stick out of your ass, and they're <laughs> right. all just down in the hole like, like, yeah, yeah tell her. no, tell her. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And so when they are all like so happy about her and like are are like especially mm-hmm. and especially like you brought up the butler like when that happens that really does sell the change that she has had through Kurt Russell's influence or at least the opportunity to be a human being that Kurt Russell afforded her mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly yeah. and then the end of the movie comes Kurt Russell hops on a boat mm-hmm. to to go get her and she realizes she loves Kurt Russell so turn this boat around I'm going and, back to him and they're this. like Atreyu Artem <laughs> yeah. Atreyu and they jump in the water and swim to each other yeah. and, and then they Hey, both sail drowned. off into the evening sun a happy ending for yeah. everyone I feel like that could have been a little better that took not, a little too long well yeah. they they need to cut away from like a fade of them swimming to each other to them like getting legitimately married while like what what's our what's our theme song 90 percent of this movie was that song no matter what was happening there's one point with a live band and at the very fucking end, you're like, are they going to play bow, bow, bow? And it's like, nope, psych, here fucking comes some Randy, Randy Newman. Newman with the most much appropriate, appropriate storyline in a story, in a song that I've ever heard. Cause it's, <laughs> just, over here like, it's just the story of this fucking movie <laughs> as a song. It's Randy Newman. He's singing like, it's a beautiful time when Kurt Russell marries Goldie <laughs> yeah, Hawn. I mean, you remember the fucking Family Guy skit where it's just like, he's just sitting there singing about what he sees. Like, this is that verbatim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rich people got no Two different people <laughs> from different sticks of life. <laughs> One of them's got four kids, and the other one's a bitchy wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, and then the movie wraps, and everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Rick, give us start us off with your final thoughts. I picked this movie, so I'm going last. I Oh, but we also find out that she's the rich one. Right, so yeah. the whole family's not going so to be not the only, right. They're not, not destitute. only is she a better person, and she ends up, like, they end up together, and everyone's happy, but also... They get to keep all the money, which... Cool. So I guess Kurt Russell doesn't have to work two jobs now. Like, that wasn't really a huge issue throughout the movie. It wasn't, but it is a nice little cherry on top. Sure. He'll probably still work. They'll just have a nice house. It feels 
though. It's like, and she is the rich one. And also, Kurt Russell got a hole in one on and the opening day of his putt And Kurt course. Russell has superpowers now. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's weird to throw that kind of a cherry sure, on it. Sure, yeah. Final thoughts. I did not want to do this movie. Yeah. Um, I did not think that this was going to be a great podcast. I was wrong. Um, this was a pretty fun podcast, and so I would rate this podcast five out of five. Hey. How often you gotta be wrong for you to stop being wrong? Uh, I wasn't wrong about Space Jam, so we twice. Did, we did okay um, about yeah. Space Jam. Anyway, uh, I Rick, Rick just doesn't understand good podcasts. <laughs> I don't understand Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah. This movie was a lot of fun, um, and I had a lot of worries because we were going into a movie from the '80s, and and also sensibilities. You didn't understand how the premise was going to be handled. Yeah, there's a lot of ways that this very problematic premise. Exactly, it it really is. Um, But but if anyone can handle it, it's the '80s. The lady who wrote (laughs) this did a really good job with it. Like she, she did a very good job of making sure that our sympathy was for the most part always where mm-hmm. it needed to be for yeah. this for us to to hold up the illusion that Kurt Russell was not a horrible horrible man for mm-hmm. doing this. You know what else she wrote? I have no idea. Um but I think this movie is really fun and I think it helps that Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn have a lot of uh chemistry together. Obviously, they've been together for 35 years at this point. They are actually um, married. They yeah. yeah, they are they're not married. They have been together for 35 years. They Close enough. To, to to Brian's point cuz I looked it up cuz I was curious. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm interrupting sure, your final yeah. thoughts, but other things that she has written, uh she wrote the Overboard remake. <laughs> She uh, wrote oh. Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. I'll be dead. She wrote Hairspray. She wrote Freaky Friday. Okay. Like, this lady wow. has got serious... some solid credits yeah. under her. Yeah. All right. Some cool. Very diverse Freaky credits. Friday with the uh, the original one or the one from the like... Lindsay the Lohan or, Okay. One. Yeah. Not the original, okay. but... Uh, yeah. but, but, but the one that a lot of younger people consider like the original Freaky right, Friday. Right. The one that they were younger, the 30-year-old, she saw the Lindsay Lohan <laughs> movie. Right. That's true. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, I, I'm really impressed by this movie. I think that it handles its premise in a surprisingly strong way. The characters really nail all of the aspects. It's genuinely pretty funny and entertaining the entire way through. Like, mm-hmm. you tell me I'm watching a romantic comedy from the 80s. I'm not super excited about it. Yeah. But this really held my attention the entire time. Like, I didn't I didn't feel any need to look away or anything. And they di- handled the subject matter in a way that made it palatable and honestly doesn't really bother me. I was yeah. I was pretty worried that going into this that I would come away with this having to have... A, a, <laughs> having to have the caveat at the beginning? That or just like, guys, this is a special episode of the Opinionated Podcast. <laughs> We've got a trigger warning for anyone who has been a, taken right. advantage of as an amnesiac. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, this is, this is really good. My favorite part of it is probably the transformation that Goldie Hawn has over the course of the movie. Like, I, I really yeah. appreciate how nice a character she is at the end of the movie. I want to hang out with her. She seems like a fun person by mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Um, my, when, when she feels like such a genuine asshole. At the oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, she just is a monster at the beginning of this movie. But, uh, so, my least favorite part is just that one scene where I feel like she really should have had a harder reaction against Kurt Russell. But other than that, I've got no real qualms mm-hmm. with this movie. Um... I'm struggling not to give it a five out of five. I don't think I quite can because I don't think it's quite there. Yeah. It's pretty damn close though. So I'm gonna give this four and a half surprisingly well made cabinets out of out of five. It is really <sighs> a stuff. solid movie. Yeah. Um I'm I'm glad I watched it. Hey. Do you guys remember that movie from the eighties? I think it was either Bill Murray or uh who's the guy from Die Hard? 
Bruce Willis. Bruce, Bruce Willis, where he could read women's minds, and at first he's that an was, asshole. It's, it's Mel Gibson. Okay, Mel Gibson. Basically, the yeah. fusion of those two characters I just said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not this, wrong. This That's feels weird. like that movie. Like this feels like a jet. Like I was thinking that when you're listing off those movies, like there's no way this lady didn't also write that movie because this is exactly fucking mm-hmm. exactly like that movie. But uh, everything Rich said, I agree with. Maybe not as much on the scene that he didn't like, but I get. I'm fine with her being in shock at the moment, I guess. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what my least favorite part would be. I mean, there are all these legal details that they didn't have to add into the movie that they did, like showing how the crew react to her before and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything to make it as not creepy as possible in this scenario. Right. Right. And I, I didn't expect them to do that in the 80s. I thought in the 80s, like, let's just play a practical joke on a woman and have her get raped by some dude. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. that is what happens in, like, Revenge of the Nerds, so. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. oh. exactly. Right? It, I it haven't does. seen it. And that does actually, yes, that is exactly what happens. Oh. Uh, I mean, I can't even say my least favorite part is the fact that the Bow, Bow, Bow song shows up, because I like, <laughs> it, was, it was really funny <laughs> that that's, on a, like, no matter what the scenario was, it was like, bow, bow, bow. It's well, like Guile's and, theme from Street Fighter. And it goes with everything. And also, like, we made jokes about it being every scene, but it wasn't. No. There were enough scenes where they had live music or a different song playing, even though we don't remember any of those. We yeah. remember Bow, 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 right? but... <laughs> It, because they it used that song do, so yeah. often, it made me feel like this was a pilot to a, a series of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, now we're going to be rich hillbillies <laughs> in California. It's the new Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, so. except with one rich lady trying to teach her family how to not be hillbillies. <laughs> I'd yeah. watch that movie. And yeah, the bow, bow, bow song is like what you hear whenever they're they have the, the big sweeping wave that goes over the scene. Yeah, yeah. the change uh-huh. of scenes uh-huh. when it goes over the screen. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have a least favorite part? Let me th- let me really think about stretching it. Stretching your brain. I mean, every scene I think about, like, maybe I don't like that, but then it's just, like, the scene with, with how she handles uh, when he's trying to confess to her. It's just a really good scene. It subverts expectations really good. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. So I can't, I can't do that. I guess my least favorite, but for, like, it's good that they make both the characters unlikable in certain ways so that mm-hmm. they had... A learning, like he was. He's like a bad, Russell wasn't a saint the whole time. Yeah, no, he was like he's kind of an asshole, and he's not the best parent, so he's got room to learn. It. So is she. She's definitely the worst of the two, but she yeah. brings something to him that he did not have. Before. Yeah, they make each other better people, and the, and also better kids. So I mean, it's just it's just a good. It's the kind of movie that if they tried to make in the last ten years, it would just be really shitty. Like you could totally tell what they were trying to do, but they just don't know how to write it. It'd be anymore. a message going along with yeah. it. They would the, hit me the in the kids, face with it. One of the kids would look up at the mom when he's handing her the macaroni necklace and he would be like, Mom, I don't care what dad says. You really improve our lives as a person and <laughs> and, and you know what? Two parent homes are are a staple part yeah, no, of the this American would, dream. This would just be fucking mother all over again. <laughs> so yeah. my my favorite thing about this movie is that he isn't mother. <laughs> What's your rating? Uh, Four and a half out of five, uh, I'll die on that hill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So I fully expected going into this, it was going to be a complete cringe fest. Mm -hmm. The premise that this film has, has no right to have aged as well as it has. Mm -hmm. And that is a testimony to just how well written that it is. Yeah. 
one of the parts of it I would say is problematic in our modern day and age is the fact that Annie's character goes from being a a bitchy but very independent and empowered woman to it's almost like she is resuming her proper place as a housewife. I feel like that's almost addressed though with like they talk about how Kurt Russell's being a shitter, right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, sure, she's still doing things to help out. Mm-hmm. Like she's still cleaning and looking after the kids. But she's also like giving input into the business ideas and stuff like that. So that, I like, think it is like it still has the 80s sensibility, right? Like mm-hmm. the mom is the one who stays at home and packs the kids' lunches. But I think that it's intentionally done in the beginning when she's first staying with Kurt Russell as one of the ways where you're like, wow, Kurt Russell's really taking advantage of this, of this lady. I think it also helps that she has that big moment of like really dressing down the teacher that was basically oh, abusing yeah. the kids because that lets her have, she's not a different person in that she still has all of those, that ability to get in someone's face and she's learning to tell control them that exactly, yeah. tell them exactly what she wants to tell them. Yeah. She's not a, she's not becoming a meek housewife in this movie. Well, and I think that helps it not, not feel so, uh, I guess, regressive, if you want to use that terminology. But, but I can't understand where you're coming from, because when she becomes the better person, her personality does tend to take a backseat to Kurt Russell's. Mm-hmm. So I can understand what you're, what you're saying, even if I think some of it, at least, is intentional. Mm-hmm. I think that I really like the scene where she has her recollection of who she was mm-hmm. and she gets in the car and drives away and the kids have their hands on the windows and all that. And it's obvious that she's really torn up about that. I think that scene, something about it, see, it puts the spotlight on her maternal behavior or yeah. that component. It seems like that's her primary role. Something about that scene mm-hmm. gives me that impression, which makes me not get on board with what you guys are saying quite as much but I can see where you're coming from all the same. Mm-hmm. I think it's a problematic component, but it's not disastrous. If nothing yeah. else, I can uh, ignore it just because this is an 80s film and we've learned a thing or two in the past 40 years, thankfully. Uh, but I wouldn't say that's my least favorite part. That's just a problematic part. And like I said, I give it permission. <laughs> <laughs> How patriarchal of you. Blessing. <laughs> No, that that sounds greasy. <laughs> What's your least favorite part, though? My least favorite part is the fact that the the greasy husband just does a shitty job of explaining away the fact that his wife has vanished. Like, <laughs> if this is what yeah. he's wanted, the, the for yacht so, husband. Yeah, right? if yeah. if what he's wanted for so long is to get rid of her and just like sow his wild oats like he's twenty years old again then I feel like his fantasizing about this would have made him more ready for the opportunity. To have, mm-hmm. like, the fantasy plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even with the problem of the mother-in-law. He right. just does a horrible job of covering his ass. <laughs> the way he covers for it is every time the mother-in-law calls, he's just like, She's uh, asleep. She's sleeping? Right. She, he she, doesn't even do it. Like, normally, the, the, yeah. normally the butler d- takes care of uh-huh. it for him. You're literally on a yacht. They can't be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> But my favorite part of this movie is just how every single character just about is dynamic. Mm-hmm. The kids are dynamic. The best friend is dynamic. Annie's dynamic. And Hank, I don't care what his name is. His name's <laughs> Hank. Russell. He's extremely dynamic. And that makes it such an enjoyable film just because it's there's constantly transformations happening before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. 
I don't want to give this movie a five out of, out of five because I don't feel like it deserves it. <laughs> but I have to evaluate and in the context of romantic comedies. Yeah. Sure. And I can't think of one I like better. Okay. Yeah. So That's entirely reasonable. I guess that makes it five out of five uh, suction cup arrows. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If I'm honest, I'm I'm surprised in a good way about your guys' reaction to it because it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Yeah. And I knew that I enjoyed it initially as like a 12-year-old for some reasons and then later watching <laughs> it again and actually seeing the movie because I just genuinely enjoyed the movie. But yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I didn't know how it would hold up and I didn't know what your guys' reactions to it would be. Uh, and I'm glad that you guys liked it as much as you did. I really enjoy this movie. I think my favorite part, there's a lot of things I could pick for my favorite part. In this watching, it just stood out to me how much fun the kids were. Mm. And and that's really not something you get to say very often about movies, right? The kids are not often your favorite part no, of the movie. No. no. And in this movie, they were a lot of fun. I loved how how convincingly just little turds they were at the beginning. <laughs> and how It's they, their natural state. Yeah, but and, and how well they changed progressively over time. Like mm, right. it wasn't a sudden like, and now we're good kids who love our mom. It's like you could see the way you could see how she was having an effect on them. You could see how they were having an effect on her. Yeah, and they each changed in ways. Where it would have been really easy for all four kids to just be like, they're the kids. Yeah, but like the kids had different personalities. Yeah, mm. and each of them changed in their own unique way. Right, and each of them by the end felt like better people who didn't feel like different people. Like I like yeah. the fact that at the very end of the movie, Travis, who's been like your typical 13 year old, like he's like constantly trying to find nudie mags and sneak <laughs> off to whack off to him. Mm -hmm. And by the end, he's like a well-behaved kid, decently well-behaved kid. And he's like doing his homework mm -hmm. and, well, no, he's still flunking. Exactly, well, but, <laughs> exactly. But I like that. I like but that each one of the kids has their own thing, though. One of them's kind of become an academic. One of them still sucks at academics. One of them has like a ham radio that he's cracked open, mm -hmm. and there's another one that's like sitting at a desk doing something I can't remember. Right. Yeah, right. and and I like that. I like, because Travis is is now working at his homework. He's got a he's girlfriend. He's still failing. Yeah. Right. right. He's not like oh I I Goldie Hawn have solved. turned all of your children into perfect beings. They're still little turds, but they're better people. Yeah. Right. And I like I like is what you said, Caleb, where all these characters are dynamic. Even small ones that it would be really easy to just focus. Oh, we're going to focus on Kurt Russell. We're going to focus on Goldie Hawn. Right. Yeah. We're not really worry about the kids. And they're better. They don't throw tantrums anymore. Hooray! They're better, yeah. right? But no, they're treated as actual characters and in fun ways. The kids have scenes that make me laugh. And so for this watching, they're my favorite part. My least favorite is the very end when they're swimming to each other. It's so <laughs> yeah. it takes so they're, long. They're, like it's a fine way of reuniting where they like both jump off the boats and they're reliving the romantic story that Kurt Russell said earlier. Yeah. But like it takes too long and yeah. Goldie Hawn is a bad swimmer. She's <laughs> so, in a life jacket. You can't do like whatever stroke she's yeah. doing. Kurt Russell's in a life jacket and he's swimming better than yeah, she is. He's so mad. He's, he's clearly amazing. not swam like she has. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just it. It drag like. Actually watching them in the water swimming takes too long. Like, yes. yes, we get it. They're swimming to each other from across the bay. Like, yeah. Get to the point where they're wet and hugging in, like, a blanket together. Whatever, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Uh, but, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I had a better time with it watching. I had a better time watching it with you guys than I expected. And I'm glad that it was as much of a hit as it was. I'm also going to give it four and a half out of five uh, shitty kids. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was really fun. And honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a fun addition to Kurt Russell month. I agree. Yeah. Because I, it's very different from all of the other Kurt Russell mo- movies we're going to be watching. You, like Goldie Hawn in this movie, won me over. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hopefully in different ways. <laughs> I mean... She didn't win me over the way that like she won over thirteen year old Josh. I'll, put, I'll say that. I was about to say, Rick, I don't have as nice a butt as Goldie Hawn does. Yeah, oh man, it's so strawberry much nicer, Josh. Exactly. Uh, guys, if you want to go listen to the rest of the movies we've done for Kurt Russell Month, you can find those on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we're on social media at opinioncast on Twitter and opinionated podcast on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to us at our email address, opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you guys, whether it's your thoughts on our episodes or suggestions for what we should watch in the future. If you get a chance, please leave us a rating on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Between that and you sharing us with your friends, it's the best way we have of getting out to new listeners. We always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we're Opinionated. opinionated.